Hello and welcome to episode four of Not Another Rugby Podcast, brought to you by ruck.co.uk and Altius Images. I'm your host, Todd Dudley, and I'm joined, as always, by the editor-in-chief of ruck.co.uk and my co-host, Steve Smith. Steve, how are you, pal? Not too bad, mate. It's good to be back. A little bit later than usual, but we're looking forward to diving into it all. Yeah, we are a day late with our extremely hectic schedules, uh, so apologies for that, but hopefully, uh, hopefully you're still listening. How's your week been, mate? Been all right? Yeah, not too bad. Just busy. Enjoyed some of the rugby over the weekend. Uh, it was actually, you know, really nice to watch them up and attacking rugby after the the weeks of the Autumn Nations Cup we've had to endure. For sure, for sure. Very nice to see some uh, some proper rugby being played. But we'll come on to that later. So coming up on this week's episode, we'll be choosing our team of the decade as it's coming to the end of 2020. We will also dive into the 2023 World Cup group announcements, and we'll have a little bit of a chat about the weekend's rugby too. Right then, Steve. So we've got the uh, the small task of choosing our team of the decade. How uh, how do you reckon we should go about it? I think we should talk through our nominee. Well, no, I think we'll both say ours and then mention the nominees and some notable names. Okay. All right. Okay, I like it. Are we? And then like our lines, like our lines. One are we? Are we having to agree on a team? We probably should, shouldn't we? Yeah, we'll agree on a team. Okay. We'll try. All right. I like it. Right, so we started at number one for the Lions, so should we go backwards for this? Should we start at 15? Yeah, we'll start at 15. All right then. Um, who have you got? Ben Smith. Nice. My name's Sex Smith. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Any relation or? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> There's well, a few of us knocking about. Yeah, there are, there are a few Smiths. Well, mate, I had the same. I've got Ben Smith too. Um, yeah, I mean... I would, I think, I think people would generally struggle to to argue too too much. To be totally honest, um, he's in term in terms of his consistency, you know, with New Zealand, you know, he's been fantastic. I don't yeah. think anyone else has, you know, been that good throughout the decade, and that's what the team's all about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, other other honourable mentions. You got anyone else? Uh, well, I think we should mention. I think. Lee Halfpenny's been a, a great player in in this decade. Yep. I think we've got to look at Hoggy. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. the sad thing about Hoggy is if he'd had one, if he'd had a good Lions tour in 2017, I think he'd be in this team. Do you reckon? I think so, because I think everything else it's been pretty good. All, all, but apart from he's just not nailed down that final big achievement on the international stage. As, as well as he's played, you know, winning... I think the first player I've had to win back-to-back Six Nations player of the tournaments. Yeah, yeah. He's a terrific player. And I think all he needed was that one big thing to catapult him into this team. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's probably fair. I think he's probably got... I mean, yeah, Ben Smith's like consistency throughout the entire decade has just been pretty pretty ridiculous, to be fair. But but yeah, you're right. Hoggy, Hoggy does some pretty special things. Yeah, definitely. What about, what about another, another New Zealander, Israel Dagg? Yeah, similar to Smith in terms of a consistent performer. But I think Smith just edges him on, you know, that you know, that cutting edge in class and that ability to score so many tries, you yeah. know. Yeah. He scored more tries than most most players over the decade and that gets you in the team. Yeah. 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 I mean we could have we could have thrown Smith on the wing, couldn't we? But I think we've got plenty of plenty of wingers to, to chat about, so so I think I think that's right. Get a just, mentions ju- from you. Yeah, just gonna throw one in there. Like, depending on your views, pretty terrible bloke. But 
we can't just pretend that he wasn't a very, very good rugby player. Israel Falau. Yeah, it's hard to argue that he, he's a player that, you know, if, if things had been very different, could have featured in this team. Yeah. I think he's, you know, it's just a, it's a sad one, really, that what what happened. Yeah, yeah, but, definitely. you know, he, he deserved to be sort of booted out of the sport and as a result has been booted out of our team. Yeah, exactly. We've got, we've got, we've got no time for him as a bloke, so he does not make it into, into our team the decade, that's for sure. But still quite good at rugby. We'll give him that. Yeah. We can't boot it as far as Elliot Daly, though. <laughs> well, that's how far we should boot him out of this team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, so Ben Smith at fullback. Good start, that. Good start. On the wing... Now, I, I mean, I, I still don't think I've made my decisions, but, I th- well, I think I'm there. I think I may be there. Who, who have you got? Give me, just give me both. Give you both. That's a tough one. If you can. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm going to start off with Brian Habana on yeah. one wing. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, it's a tough one. I think I might go for Cheslin Colbert, you know. Oh, double South Africans. Yeah, I think so. I just... There's just two players who would, you know, excite you when you watch them on the TV. And every time they played, they were box office. Yeah. And I look at the rest of our contenders, and I, I, I don't think they, I don't think they have that as much. Okay. You know, I think we're, we're probably going to chat about Johnny Mayer. I yeah. think he's an exciting player. Yeah. But over the decade, he's he's a player who's improved so much to reach the level where he is now. Yeah. But would you say over a decade he would get into this? team i'm not sure yeah i it is tricky it is tricky i i i would like johnny may in there personally um i just think the amount i mean obviously we're picking team the decade not we're not picking the most improved 15 but the most he has it the sorry the amount he has improved is just absolutely ridiculous i mean Col- like colby is don't get me wrong colby is the world 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 class but I just think Johnny May has hasn't even made the most of what he's got. He's made way more of what he's got. Like he's just he's basically just rapid, but he's just worked so hard to become like absolute class under the high ball. Like his he used to, do you remember do you remember some of his defensive shape like back in the day? He just used to be all over the place, but now he he's just never out of position. We don't love him kicking, but he can kick he can kick fine if he needs to. And then he can produce the kind of tries that he did he did the other week. Um, I feel like I'm maybe being influenced from the weekend's rugby slightly. Well, that, that's the thing. Like, I mean, Col- what good is he? Isn't he won a World Cup? But the weekend yeah. he just ripped it up. Yeah, it was just like a fresh reminder because we haven't seen South Africa play this year of how good he is. You know, I'd have no have no problems having him in the team. I just I don't know whether has, has Colby has Colby been doing it who for take long out. Has Colby been doing it for long enough yet? Perhaps not, but then you could have the same argument maybe with May in terms of yeah. how long has he been really How long has he been wor- world-class, yeah. And then, we've got to, then you've got to bring up, as someone who's criticised now, but throughout the decade, has someone like George North done enough to get in this team? You yeah, know, that's a good consistently question. Consistently been playing for Wales and the Lions. Yeah, I mean to be fair, if we I reckon if you if you were predicting your team of the decade a few years ago, you'd probably put him in, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's just, it's just sort of like it's fell away a bit at the end. So it's like yeah. the opposite to to Colbert and May where 
he was hot at the start of the decade and sort of cooled off towards yeah. the end. Similar with one of the other contenders I've, I've put up is in Chris Ashton. Yeah, you know, he's, yeah. In terms of consistency, which we've been talking about a lot, I don't think anyone's you could you could bet your your house on him scoring tries. Oh, he he just he scores for fun, doesn't he? Yeah, wherever wherever he goes, he just scores for fun. And now now he's back on the pitch at Quinns. Like I've got no doubt he'll keep he'll keep scoring tries as well. What and then? Did we get anywhere nearer to picking a two here? Well, mate, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw another one in as well. Oh, that's good. That's uh, good <laughs> Julian Sarver. Well, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a similar sort of um, discussion in North, isn't it? Where yeah. Arguably one of the best players in the world at one point, and then the move to Toulon's really just sort of thrown it off. But- completely. Butchered him. <laughs> Absolutely butchered yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, he w- like when he came on the scene as an All Black, he was like the best thing since sliced bread. Didn't he? Ha- didn't he have like twenty tries in his first eighteen tests or something stupid like that? Yeah, for sh- yeah, you're right. Like if you were predicting the team around then, it would have been oh, it's North and Severe. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he- I mean, he hasn't played for New Zealand. I think I'm just looking up now. He hasn't played for New Zealand since 2017. So oh. can we have someone in the team of the decade that hasn't played for their country for three years? I don't know. It's tricky, isn't it? Well, I'm trying to suggest Habana, who hasn't played in five years or but that, three years, three or four years. He hasn't played rugby in that long. Like That's fair. Save is still playing rugby, but just not, not for New Zealand. Just not very well. Yeah. I For me, Habana, Habana's a definite. Mm. Habana's a lock-in. I'm happy with that. And well, then... Well done, Brian. Yeah, well done, well done, Brian. I'm sure it means a lot. <laughs> oh, God. Um... Mate, we could flick it, flip, flip a. My vote would be Johnny May, um, but I also can't really argue against Colby. So let's let's go with Colby. Let's have a South African wing partnership, and then I'll and then next. Make sure that we're not biased. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We definitely are. <laughs> Mate, I don't know. I don't know how many. I don't know how many English people are going to get in this team. To be honest, not no, ma- not be, many. I don't be, think it's going to be tough for someone to get in. I think. Yeah, it is. All right, okay. Let's go, Habana and Colby. I like it. I mean, that is not that is not a wing partnership that I'd want to defend against. So, so we've done something right. We've got Johnny May on the bench, though. Yeah, definitely. We definitely. hadn't decided to make a bench, but maybe we'll make a bench. Yeah, then we might that need can be to. where the England that can be where the England players go. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a full English bench. Right, and then moving in Finish. to the centres. Ooh, let's start at thirteen outside centre. Who have you got? I'm picking Jonathan Davis myself. Are you against, really? Against everything I feel about him now, because I don't rate him now. But <laughs> I think he was the man of the series in the 2017 Lions, and he replaced O'Driscoll in that third test in 2013. And yep. the Lions went on to break like the record for scoring points. Yeah, and I think he won so many. He was a golden generation of Wales players. Well, of a Wales team yeah I think O'Driscoll's influence because he could have been in the team of the decade for 2000 to 2010 definitely yeah but if we're having to sort of discount that yeah did he would it's a much closer race than yeah. before because if you look at his careers in general O'Driscoll straight in yeah 
But if we're, if we're playing fair, it's quite close between them two, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree. Yeah, I think, so O'Driscoll retired in 2014. So I think you're right. I don't know whether he's got, I don't know whether he's got enough rugby in this decade to to probably make the cut. Uh, the fact that he's still close shows you how great of a player Well, he was. yeah, exactly. Like it's, still a, it's still a tough decision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What about an, another guy that retired a few years ago? I think he was 2015. What about Comrade Smith? He's a, he's a wonderful player, and obviously he's the only one of the choices so far to win the World Cup. Yeah. Or win it more than once. Yeah. So... And I mean, he's probably, he, yeah. he's probably not as box office as the other two in terms of maybe because he played in a team with some more high profile stars, but can't argue that he's a wonderful player and that he wouldn't look out of place in this team. It's tricky, isn't it? It is tricky. I told you it was going to be tricky. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. I reckon, is there anyone else? What about Manu? He just Manu's a good shout. He just doesn't play much of, rugby there, does know, he? Came through, to, if you took all of his rugby from this decade, he might have four years and be able to compete with Audrey Scott. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You squashed all of it together. Four years across a decade. You know, he came through as a very young player and went to the 2011 World Cup, you know, did some silly things. Yeah. Went to the Lions in 2013. Ripped up, totally it, ripped up against New Zealand when England beat them in, was it 2012 or something like that? You're right, though. Like, at his best, of course, you know, if you're picking, like, at their best during this decade. Yeah. You know, he, he'd be right up there, wouldn't he? Really I think so. Choice. I think so. I think I'm going to stick to my original choice of... Of, of the fox though yeah I, th- I think opinion. I actually think that's fair I, I think we've mentioned a couple of times in the last couple of weeks that he's not playing that well at the moment but I just I just think that's Wales not playing particularly well I don't think that's him um, and you're yeah, right I think sure. that and he's still when working he, back from an injury yeah and, and that game when he did replace O'Driscoll I think was like a pretty seminal moment in in sort of like British rugby uh, British and Irish rugby I should say so yeah mate I think I'll I'll go with that the fox is in. We're following in Gatlin's footsteps. <laughs> we could pick his team for him, I reckon. I guess we'll, I guess we could discuss Manu again for inside centre. Well, yeah, I was just going to say that. We can have the same debate, uh, but we've got some other pretty tasty players inside centre, I think, haven't we? Yeah, he'll probably just get blown away if he it inside. So, little peek behind the curtain for uh, for the listeners. We we have got a shortlist that we're working from here, and our inside centre shortlist is a little bit good. So we've got we've got Marnonu, we've got Sonny Bill Williams, we've got Matt Gitto, and we've got John Davilius. I mean, wow. <laughs> what, what do we do? <laughs> who have you, who have you picked out of those? I haven't picked any of them. <laughs> I haven't picked anyone else. I just haven't picked one of them. Can we have all four? I think I'm probably going to go for um, Sonny Bill myself. Oh, are you? In terms of someone who's <sighs> captivated the audience again. Yep. Someone who's really lit up the sport during the decade. Because between, in my opinion, it's a tough one. And you could pick any of the four. Yeah. So what makes him stand out more is probably his sort of his high to have that high profile, yeah. but still sort of 
maintain his consistency despite yeah. that red card against the Lions. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll go for Sunnyville. You know, I think I think him and Jonathan Davis together would be an exciting centre partnership dynamic. He's also got the most ridiculous rig you've ever seen, so there is that. Oh, absolutely. But mate, an Mar- all-round decent block. How good is Marnonu though? And he's a bit good. And he got and he got he, so he much. He runs over people. But and he, well, he does. But he also got so much better throughout the decade. Like passing passing game got better. Kicking game just like developed the kicking game almost out of nowhere. He's like Manu Tulagi and Sonny Bill merged into one. Yeah, yeah. So, but he, it, but again, reti- retired from the All Blacks. Retired from the All Blacks in 2015. But he, but he did win the 2011 and the 2015 World Cup. So, I think I think, I think you've got a good shout there. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna agree with you and go for Nanu. I just think, in terms of going back to instead of you know just looking at which player would you if you were up against would you be like crap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you are right. I think, but again, I think. I mean, Nonu's still still going at 38. I mean, Sonny Bill, like, obviously, had, like, dipped in and out of union to play a bit of league, to do a bit of boxing, which is mate, which was amazing for the sport and, like, in terms of his profile and everything. Yeah, I, it's tough to leave him out, but I, I think I want to go Nonu, personally. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah? Let's get him in. All right. Well done, Mark. You're in. This isn't looking good for the northern hemisphere right now, mind. It's not, and actually, Apart to, be, to be fair, we should probably we should probably mention that that you know this this decade has been dominated by southern hemisphere sides. You know, 2011 New Zealand, 2015 New Zealand, 2019 South Africa. So it's probably not a huge shock. Um, That's true. So hope hope, mate. When we're, when we're still doing the pod in ten years' time, it'll be all French and English. Don't worry about it. We'll do a where are they now for a team of the decade. <laughs> Nonu will still be playing. He'll still be going. Yeah. Ben Smith, I could imagine being like a really happy postman delivering balls. <laughs> I like that a lot. Right. On to fly half. So, what do you think? Who, who, have you, who, who do we want to throw in the mix here? I think it's important to mention, first of all, Owen Farrell, to be honest, in terms yeah. of his rise from, you know, so, well, obviously people will still argue he's, you know, a bit immature sometimes, but in terms of from being that immature fly half to being the England captain, you know, winning three, four, five, six nations titles, yeah, le- leading a team to a World Cup final. Yeah. You know, he's got he's to be in, in with a shout and playing for the Lions in 2017. Not many players have done what he's done in that time, I no, don't think. No, no, def- definitely not. And, and like, again, obviously there's always now the asterisk. This is, we're obviously looking more at international stuff, but there is an asterisk by Saracen's club record. But, I mean, his club record is just obscene. I, 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 yeah, I think, I don't think you can really question the players no. on that. I think... He's been wonderful, and it's been it's been a great team. And I think, yeah, I think you mentioned. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. You know, in terms of what he's done at club level compared to maybe, well, I guess all of these guys have probably done quite good at club level, as, as yeah, we revealed the short. Yeah, list. yeah, yeah. I think, and and 
that clip popped up again the other day on uh, I think it was on Twitter or something of the of Paul O'Connell talking in the change room in the 2013 Lions tour when Farrell was there it was like I think he was what would he he'd have been 21 or 22 and Paul O'Connell's basically calling calling everyone out because Owen Farrell was the one that's driving around the pitch he's saying that like how how is it that the 21 year old kid is driving us all around the pitch and I can't hear anyone else and I think that shows that as a 21 year old going into a Lions environment and just like being the leader, it kind of shows the kind of bloke he is. I think post Johnny Wilkinson as well, we've had so many people mm. come into that tension and or into the England team as the lead kicker and just sort of like shrink. Yeah. He, if anything, when he's playing for England, he seems like he, you know, sticks his chest out a bit more yeah. and really goes for it. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like we're not looking for the next Johnny Wilkinson anymore which you felt like it was going to be yeah. chat for years and years yeah 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 definitely like, to- that, that, like Toby Flood has 60 caps but it never really felt like he was the no. the main man well for, this is Farrell's team yeah yeah now but all that said I don't think we can put him in the team because surely surely it's Dan Carter isn't it I don't know no I don't know to be honest uh, I I just in terms of, he, you can say he won two World Cups, but he he, he didn't really. He won one. Well, There's one more than Owen Farrell. Yeah, and he and he did he did win two. He just wasn't there in the final of one of them. I guess. Yeah, and he was man of the match. In, man of the match in the 2015 final. Yeah, for sure. I I just still playing. He's, yeah, well, he, he didn't really play for the Blues very much, did he? Well, at no, all. No. Probably the most expensive water boy they've ever signed. <laughs> what to be a, fair, what a it wasn't like him and him and Umaga were the, yeah. were the water boys, to be fair. <laughs> and the other team had Carlos Spencer, so Mate, that is some that is some serious. But yeah, um, it's hard it is hard to look past Carter but did and it was sad that his one, you know, Champions Cup final, I think, got ended by injury very early. Yeah. His time in Japan has been sort of disrupted a bit by what's, mm-hmm. what's been going on. Yeah. But that's all, that's just, all like, recent. He's done so much before that in this decade. It's, it's true. Can't argue. I just... I'm just trying to force an England player into the team, I guess. I oh, guess mate. Carter's a good chat. I guess mate, if we want Johnny to... Sexton's another one in terms of transforming an island team. You know, following yeah. Ronan Agara, if anything, being better. Yeah. <laughs> is that 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 must have been hard. And, you know, he still wants to hang on. He still wants to play in 2023. He's just got that drive and determination about yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. He won a World Player of the Year award, which, mm-hmm. you know, Farrell hasn't done. That's very true. That is very true. But what, but I mean, yeah, yes. But what, what have Ireland done? They reached the quarterfinal of the World Cup. Farrell reached the final. <laughs> true. I mean, they haven't won, they haven't no, won the same Ireland six nations. Get dumped out, don't they? Yeah. We haven't even mentioned, you know, Board and Barrett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And arguably, uh, yeah, in terms the best of player in the world, that guy <laughs> winning awards. Yeah, there's no one with more awards than him. And 
maybe we should have mentioned him at fullback. Fullback, way sort of predominantly yeah. getting played now. But I think, I think that's more of a story for the end of the decade. I think he really made his name playing at number ten. Yes, in that England, in that New Zealand team. That yeah, agreed. Was terrific. You know, he he's got to be up there as well. I think Christ. we'll probably go towards Dan Carter in the end. I think I think and we're then, struggling to. If look we were picking him. a bench. I don't know who I put on the bench. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bench pick would be harder. Do you have Farrell to cover ten and twelve, or do you have Barrett to cover ten and fifteen? Probably Barrett. <laughs> Maybe we should forget this bench idea. Yeah, we'll leave the bench alone. We'll leave the bench alone. We'll chuck Dan Carter in and put the bench in the bin. All right. Well done, DC. You're in, mate. You've made the cut. Good job. Well done, fella. The biggest achievement of his career today. I think so. it's it's got to be top three, surely. It's got to be. Right, scrum half. I think this is probably the easiest for me. Aaron Smith. Aaron Smith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just... In terms of just consistency, yeah, just just so just like, so good. Everyone for so else long. there has been. I think Faf de Klerk. I don't know. He's a bit of a hipster player, isn't he? Like, yeah, yeah. I find like he has as many good games as bad games. Mm-hmm. To be honest, yeah, yeah, him. yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, obviously, I watched him against the Falcons for week, mm-hmm. and he was outgunned by Mickey Young. Yeah, Mickey Young's. Should we put Mickey Young in? I've not seen a finer box kicker in the Premiership <laughs> this season. The box kicking's the name of the game these days. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah, Faf, Faf is very, very exciting and like has had a pretty special few years, but I don't think he gets close to Aaron Smith, to be honest. Yeah. Obviously, Conor Murray. What do you, what do you think, Murray? Oh God, <laughs> I can't. We can't put Conor Murray. He's world class. I know who you want in. He's world class. He works really well with. He obviously works ridiculously well with Sexton. Their partnership's unbelievable. But again, I just. I think how well Smith's played with multiple different partners probably yeah. sets him apart as well. Definitely. Because you think of like Carter Barrett. Yeah, I mean, his, it's just he's like his passing is. The best in the world by by a long way. His kicking, his kicking is. I mean, Conor Murray's kicking is outstanding, but I don't think I don't think Aaron Smith is any worse than Conor Murray's. And then he we just. We know who we need in and from one a kicker though. Where's Greg Laidlaw on the short list? <laughs> Let's get Greg in. Oh God! What about Genya? Yeah, I think I think if his career had sort of spanned the whole decade. Yeah, I think Genya is a good option. I've just I don't think I think he's played in a team that's just not been quite good enough. Yeah, yeah, which is which really is a shame in terms of for him. I remember again. I remember he, when he, he first came on. I was like, I was so, I just loved watching him. He was just he was so good for to start with. It was crazy. Yeah, for sure. And hundred and ten caps. You know, he's that's such good. a good player. That is good going, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think if we got the bench out the bin, I'd have Genya on the bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Smith, Smith's in, Genya on the bench. I, I like it. Yeah. All right. Into the pack. So, yeah, so our, just a reminder of our backs, we've got Ben Smith at fullback, 
We've got Habana and Colby on the wing. Jonathan Davies, outside centre. Mar Nonu, inside centre. Carter at fly half. Aaron Smith at scrum half. Good luck defending that. No chance. Right, into the pack. Let's go front row to start with. Loose head. Loose head. I mean, I, I, think, I, I think it's only been the last six months when I've actually realised the difference between the loose head and the tight head, but I think I'm there now. So let's start loose head. What do you think? I'm, I'm really tempted to put Mako in there, mm-hmm. Mako Vanapola. Yep. In terms of the same discussion I had with Farrell, really, in terms of you know his performance at club level and yep. then at international level as well. Yep. I don't think there's been a better England player probably in the last decade, to be honest, than Mako Vanapola in terms of consistency. Yeah. You know, he's terrific in the loose. Yeah. He, his tackling is always in the teams. I think he's, I think he's an understated player. You know, he's, he's not someone who's you know, got an outgoing, bubbly personality like like some others. Mm-hmm. But I think he's possibly England's best player over the decade. I think his one blip on his record would probably, unfortunately, be the World Cup final where he got hosed, you know, pretty taken apart in the scrum. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, he he did, but I I don't think I don't think we should let that sort of like take over what else he's done. Like what one bad game in the scrum against some very pumped up and very passionate South Africans. He's I think he's played he's played in all yeah. he's played in he's all played six of the Kyle. played in all six of the Lions tests this decade. Which is good going. That's impressive. Yeah. To say the least. Like that is pretty that is pretty good going. Yeah, what's he on? So fifty seven England caps, six British and Irish Lions caps. Yeah mate, I I mean I, I like it. Gets an Englishman in. I'm, I'm pretty happy with We've that. We've done it. We've done it. There we go. There we go. We should probably mention we should probably mention the beast, shouldn't we, I think. Yeah. Another another fantastic player. I think then you've got Kean Healy for Ireland, you know, he's got to 100 caps, so you've got to be doing something, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, so honorable honorable mentions to uh I'll try and say it, Tende Umtawera, might not be how you say it, and Kean Healy. That's a bit easier. Um, but I think I think put Mako in. Mako's in. There we go. We've, we've got our English player into the team, and I don't think it's just us getting an English player into the team. Though. I think he's in there on merit for sure. Uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. When you, again, when you think about when you think about the whole decade, I think I think he is for sure. I mean, obviously, the slight issue is that he was actually born in New Zealand, but we can ignore that. It's fine. Don't worry. Well, there you go. Well. Jonathan Davis was born in Solihull, I think. So there we go. <laughs> so we've got two Englishmen in, basically. Right, Hooker. Brilliant. Hooker. What a team. <laughs> team from Solihull would be good. The, the, the Solihull 15. That'd be a good one. We'll do that in 20. We'll do that next year. <laughs> Christmas special, even. Right, let's go to Hooker then. I think this is tricky, you know. I was trying to think if there was anyone we sort of missed off our shortlist, actually, because I am struggling with that list to pick someone out. Um, I guess I mean, we'll go like, through the shortlist in a minute, but maybe someone like Rory Best. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Who are you thinking? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The only one, the only one that I think good choice that one we maybe missed. But again, he just hasn't really done enough throughout the decade. I was just—I was just going to mention uh, Malcolm Marks 
but yeah, oh, yeah, you can't. That's a that's a good point. Another good point. But well, I, I don't think South Britain on the same yeah. sort of vibe. Oh, mate! Until, not internationally, but changed oh. the position of hooker and a hundred percent, a hundred percent. He's like he's probably my favourite player ever. Um, I'm tempted to put him in just because of the. But then you know he inspired and sort of brought in Jamie George, who's you know came in at that Lions tour, played all three tests, and yeah. hasn't looked back since. But it does starting to make your impact in 2017. Leave it a bit late. Yeah, I get into this team. I think it probably does, and and I, and I think a lot of um, Jamie George is a fantastic player, but I think a lot of what he, a lot of the way he approaches the game is probably what a lot of what he learned from Brits. Probably the best foreign import in Premiership history, I'd say. I I, I think so. It, in my opinion, that's between yeah. him and Nick Evans from Harlequins. I was a big fan. Yeah, of I, yeah, I agree, but. Yeah, I mean, I've just, just got his page up now. Two, 216 appearances for Saracens. 185 points. He, like, always always on kick receipt and just absolutely rinsing people. Like, mate, I just, I love him. I absolutely love him. Inspirational Argentina captain, Augusto Crevy. <laughs> what do you think? As an option? Worth a, worth a mention. He can sing that national anthem with a lot of passion. <laughs> He belted out, mate. If we're picking the best national anthem singers, fifteen, he might, he might have a shot. Yeah, but Alan Wynne Jones would be the captain, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is very true. Parise gives it a good go as well. Yeah, that's a good team we're putting together there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the spine of a good of a good <laughs> pack already done. Um, Dane Coles. Dane Coles is, I think if it hadn't been for sort of, the, he's had like a few years of of injuries, mm-hmm. he probably would have been the shoe in because at one point he was, you know, labelled as one of the best players in the world from, yeah. from hooker. So, yeah. and around 2015 time, he was on another level. Yeah, yeah, won the and World Cup. I obviously. think the argument would be is, uh, did any of these other hookers ever get to that same level or will their consistency over the decade does that trump his yeah. high level of performance in, in a briefer period he was he was nominated for world rugby player of the year as well in, to be honest yeah I, i'm very happy yeah. with brits he's like as i said he's prob- probably one of my favorite players of all time so i'm very happy to put him in Let's get him in. And a, ni- a, and a nice sort of like, just a nice one to, to put in so that we're not just thinking about basically the people that have won a World Cup. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. Even though he did win a World Cup. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right at the end. You know what I mean. <laughs> Darn it. We didn't consider that, so we can no. throw that in as an Yeah, extra. there we go. There we go. World Cup winner, shout Brits, you're in. <laughs> right, tight head. I mean, I, I should, we should probably say, for, I mean, me personally, I don't really know a lot about scrummaging or front rowing. So I probably have a tendency to pick people that do a bit more than that. Um, but who have you, who have you got for tight head? Um, no one yet. No one. To be brutally honest, I haven't picked someone. Well, I, I'm between two. I'm tempted. Hmm. I'm, I'm bet- I'll, I take, I'll tell you my two. And a, I'll, a good option. Yeah. So I got two. I got Ty Furlong and Owen Franks are my two. Yeah, Owen Franks. 
Couldn't score a try to save his life. <laughs> but a very good player. Doesn't need to, mate. Doesn't need to. And again, like that's someone that really spans spans the decade. I've just, just looked looked it up and he his New Zealand career was two thousand and nine to two thousand and nineteen. So really, how many caps was it? 108. That's a hell of a number of caps with no tries. That yeah. Is a, yeah. A terrific yeah. Zero, zero points, 108 caps. But, you know. That is what you want from a tight head. Two World, two world Cups. Yeah. I think he's in. I don't think there's really much argument for anyone else. No, I, I'd like I to mention so. Carl Sinclair just because I think he's come through and become yeah. such a good player. But yeah. he's not. He's not Owen couldn't, Franks, unfortunately. Couldn't lace his Franks boots. Nah. All right, let's stick him in. Unlucky Tig. You're in. Well done, fella. Okay. Right now, this is this is a good one. I, I'm I'm going to enjoy this. I think second row. Obviously, we I need think it's, we it need just two. It's harder from here on out. Mate, to be fair, I, I'm pretty. I think I'm pretty well set on my second rows and flankers, and then I'm not sure about my number eight. Well, let's see what we get together. So, let's get the obvious one out of the way. Surely Brody Retallick is in. He's in. Yeah? Okay. He's in. There's so, no discussion. Perfect. So, he's in. And then we need we need one more. And we've got names such as... Sam Whitelock, Maratoji, Big Alan Wynne-Jones, Etzebeth, maybe... Paul O'Connell, maybe, but again, probably didn't do enough this decade. Hmm. It's tricky, isn't it? For me, for me, it's between. It's probably between. I don't know. I was going to say it's between it's OG Whitelock and Alan Wynne Jones, but that doesn't really help, does it? No, you haven't. You haven't really cut it down there. <laughs> I basically said it's not Etzebeth. <laughs> Sorry, even. But he does have very, very big biceps, so you can have that award. Yeah. The. The biceps 15 is in. The strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, correct. Well done, fella. Um, mm. It's really hard, isn't it? I mean, of, at the moment, you're like, yeah, it's of... Marrow, but, is it, but it's probably not Marrow based on the decade, is it? Yeah, if you're going to go based on the decade, I think in terms of consistency, being a key part, of the lines which we've talked about, yeah, captaining in his country, I think it's going to have to be Alan Wynne Jones. I I think so too. I think we'll get, I think we'll get death threats if we don't put Alan in. To be honest, yeah, I think we'll go with that. I think it's a good choice. I think Mara Toja, I think he's probably the best player in the world right now. To be to be to be honest, yeah, I, I think he's I on another agree. level. Yeah, you know, and he may not make our team for the decade, but he might make our all time. Ex- yeah, by correct. The time he's finished his career. Well, and and mate, he's, he's only twenty six, so he he can make the team of the next decade. He'll be fine. Yeah, he's twenty twenty six. How terrifying is that? He's the same age. He's he's my age, and my god, is he doing a little bit more than I am at the moment? <laughs> Don't worry, mate. He's my age as well, and I feel bad. Jesus, Jesus. Well, unlucky Mara, you miss out on this one, mate. So that's one trophy you haven't won. There you go, Matt. Can't get in our team. Yeah. Go away and you know and work on your work on something. So what what is really good is that I I am in as many not another rugby podcasts team of the decades as Maratoje is, which basically means we're as good as each other. 
if anything, we could put you on the bench, mate, and then you're in more. <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be social seconds, fine. There you go. That's the job. I'll be the water boy. <laughs> right. Some high quality H2O. High quality H2O. Right then, Retallick and Alan Wynne Jones. That is a decent second row partnership. Let's move on to the back row. Let's go for let's go blindside flanker. I for me for me this well, is for me this is pretty I, easy. Pocock. David Pocock, mate. It's gotta be. He'd all, he would he would also make the uh the biceps fifteen, to be fair. But he gets in this one as well for me. We're putting together some different fifteens today. I know. If if anyone's listening and wants to like make a note of all of the all of the fifteens we've promised we we'll do. Call us out on it, and we will do them at some stage. The national anthem, Martin Castro Giovanni, he's got to be in there. <laughs> I, I think we've got to give a shout out to Thierry Dussetour. Yes, that is a that is a good shout I out. I don't think I've seen many better individual performances than him in that losing World Cup final effort. Yeah, yeah. I think he was incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Again, probably just hasn't spanned the decade probably quite enough. Um, but yeah, definitely yeah, a good, definitely a good shout your, out. Current world player, probably the same with Peter Steph Dutois as well, just sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Decade bloomer, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. And it, and like someone like a, I mean, he can play six, seven, six, seven or eight, but I reckon in 10 years time, we'll be talking about Tom Curry, I reckon. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so, so I mean, Pocock obviously sort of like struggled with injuries a lot throughout his career, um, but just, I mean, just completely, completely changed the game in terms of what a flanker was capable of doing. He was just an absolute freak. Uh, the only discussion I'd possibly say is, would he have stood out as much without playing together with Hooper? Because they were such a good duo. Yeah. So I don't know if individually, you know, Dusatois might be, Edge it. It might be close. It's close. It is but. close. Yeah, it's close. I, I, I don't know. I just think, I think how how good Pocock it, how good Pocock was out like over the ball. I mean, and like flank, flankers are supposed to sort of be fetchers, aren't they? They're supposed to go and get you ball, and he just he just stole the most ridiculous amount of ball you've ever seen. I swear there was. I swear there was one game where he got what about like fourteen turnovers or something. Absolutely ridiculous like that. I think I think you're right as well. What what about um Jerome Kano? Yeah. He's gotta be gotta be in with a shout, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. In the definitely on the list. Yeah, I think so. I think the issue he has is a bit like Conrad Smith, he's just a bit understated compared to some of the other sort of yeah stars in that New Zealand side. Yeah, yeah, just you know, like when about his business. But yeah, we'll I mean, talking. I think both his back row colleagues will be in this discussion, so that just yeah, shows you. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I think it's Pocock, isn't it? It's got to be. Awesome, get him in. All right, done, done, and then open side flanker. What do you think? Well, this should be the easiest pick of a lot. But we have had the debate about whether they have spanned enough of the decade. So I'm, I'm assuming you're thinking Richie McCaw. I am thinking Richie before, but I am conflicted. Yeah. So 
I mean, pr- probably top one or two players of all time. 148 caps for New Zealand. But... Flies a helicopter. He, fly, <laughs> he flies a helicopter. None of the other ones do. No, that's well, at least they don't put it on Instagram. But he did retire in 2015, so he hasn't played... I mean, he hasn't... He's only played half a decade. I think... Looking at the short list, you know, I threw together. I think we'll write Sean O'Brien off straight away. But and then I think he gets he gets Michael in the bicep he gets Sam in the biceps Robert team to talk about. Well, there you go. That team's coming together. Yeah, We're going to have a in. decent little tournament going on. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Who who did you say else Him is in the mix? Ask. I think it's probably the two to discuss are probably Sam Warber and then Michael Hooper. Yeah, yeah, agree. Could, will we have Pooper? Well, that's the thing. Are we picking this team and pretending that they're going to play and therefore we want some combinations or are we just picking the best team? I think we're just picking the best team. Yeah. Or Elliot Daly would have been in there for the booth. <laughs> he's, in every world, he's in every 15 that we ever pick just for his booth. I don't think he can get into the bi- biceps 15, unfortunately. No, he'd struggle actually with that, wouldn't he? Yeah. He can go away and work on that, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, Warburton's an interesting shout. I mean, again, spans the decade pretty well. Two Lions tests, obviously. Um, a bunch of caps of Wales, a bunch as captain, even with even with Alan and Jones in the team. I just don't. I don't. I don't know. Absolutely world class. I just don't think he's on the same level as. I just don't know if we can put him on the same level. We definitely can't put him on the same level as Richie McCaw. He's probably somewhere near Hooper. But yeah, I don't know. What have you got an argument for for either him or or Warburton over? Sorry, have you got an argument for I was either just him say or with Warburton? I think with Warburton, I think the one moment that sort of means that he's not going to get in my team is just the fact that he didn't get that win over New Zealand. I yeah. think if he managed to get that, well, he did with the Lions, obviously, but I mean with Wales. Yeah, yeah. I think that would have been sort of the last thing. He, he needed yeah. to get into this team yeah. and they went there on a tour and they just got decimated in every match yeah I think with Hooper in terms of the sort of player he is he, he's been wonderful he's been consistent he's been you know one of the best players in the world he probably just hasn't won enough I think it's exactly that I mean especially when you're going against someone like McCall you've got to have done something pretty special um, and just being a very good player and a very good captain probably isn't quite special enough to replace Richie McCall. Absolutely, I think I think we, we neither of us really wanted to just select McCall, but when you discuss for it, yeah. it's impossible to leave him out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, he's in honourable mention for uh, for Warburton and Hooper, but but McCall's in. Any other options? Hask. Haskell, <laughs> God, again, biceps fifteen. He'd give Sean O'Brien a good go, um, but no, I don't think so. And, we'll unless unless he plays, side. unless he plays every game like he played against Australia on that tour, that then he'd be in with a shout. But un- unfortunately, he didn't. Yeah. So, so close yet so far. Yeah, exactly. All right, number eight to finish off the team. Tricky, tricky one, I think. Number eight. I think so as well. I, I don't think there's anyone that's like 
really re- like obviously you can't leave Richie McCaw out. I don't think there's I don't think there's that sort of comparative person at number eight. Um, we've got Kieran Reid, obviously, to stay to stay in New Zealand. He's been very 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 good and very successful and a, and a very good captain. But I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if he's absolutely un unleaveable if that's a word. I think you've got to look at Sergio Parisa, to be honest. Even though you know he's lost more tests this decade than any other player, mm-hmm. he's just world class, isn't he? He's just box office to watch. Yeah, yeah, I think going so. back to what we were saying about the wingers in terms of when you watch him, you're always excited by his player. Yeah, he's even tried to drop a few goals in that time. I think. <laughs> yeah, what Not a legend. Usually very well, what usually awfully, but. And he thinks he's in Zambuk, but he's he's not. <laughs> and again, like I think if you we shouldn't we shouldn't punish someone like Parise for just being in a not very good side. Like it's not his fault he's Italian. If he played imagine if he was at number eight for New Zealand over the last decade. Can you imagine how good he would have been? I think it's an impo- it's a good point. It'd have ju- he mate, been it'd have been it'd have it'd have won World Play of the Year. He's just like his ability is just freakish. I'm so. surprised he didn't anywhere, to yeah. be honest, with how good he's yeah. been. Yeah, agreed. And yeah, like a, an incredible, like, 17-year international career, 142 caps, 83 points. So he must have had a kick in there somewhere. What a legend. Yeah, I mean... Legend. I think yeah. for me, it's between him and him and Falatau, to be honest. Oh, Falatau as well. That is a good shout, too. That is a good just, shout. You know, two, two lines to us. Yeah. 84 caps for Wales. Again, like we said, sort of that golden generation of a Wales team. Yeah. He's yeah, been yeah. phenomenal. His time at Bath, you know, that's not been too successful, really. So it could be, it's similar to George North. If we're talking first half of the decade, Wales have a good shout and quite, quite a lot of positions. They do, yeah. Those players have fell away a bit. Yeah. Mm. I think I'd. I'd Falatau is a great player. I think I'd want to go with Parisa. I just think he's been that good. Me too. Yeah, me too. And again, feel, feels feels harsh to punish him for being Italian, I think. Yeah. He deserves he deserves his spot in the team. Alright. He's in then. Um so <laughs> I'm just unlucky to uh one hundred and twenty eight capped <laughs> New Zealand. Captain Kieran Reid. You nearly made it, mate, but not quite. Sergio's in instead. You couldn't you couldn't throw an off load like Sergio. <laughs> I'm just reading I'm just reading him now. 128 caps. IRB player of the year in 2013. Key member of the 2011 and 2015 World Cup winning teams. But nah, Sergio's in. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> All right then, right. So that is our that is our team of the decade done. So just to recap, our team of the decade is as follows: front row of Mako Vanapola, Shout Brits, and Owen Franks; second row of Brody Retallick and Alan Wynne Jones; back row of David Pocock, Richie McCaw, and Sergio Parise. That is such a good back row. I love it. So good. And then our backs are: we got Aaron Smith at scrum half, Dan Carter at fly half. Mar Nonu and Jonathan Davies in the centres. Brian Habana and Cheslin Colby on the wings. And Ben Smith at fullback. Pretty tasty team, that, to be fair. Unsurprisingly, a bunch of New Zealanders in there, but that's 
I mean, they have they have dominated the uh, the decade, so that's understandable. So yeah, that is the Not Another Rugby Podcast team of the decade. We would love to know what you think. So uh, get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Let us know what you think of the team of the decade. Uh, all the links for that is down below. Um, if you're vehemently angry about any of our selections, please let us know because uh, we're sure that you disagree with some of them. Okay, mate. So that's done. So we'll, we've looked at the past decade. Thanks. Let's uh, good. let's look to the future a bit now. The World Cup groups, the 2023 World Cup groups were announced the other day. Uh, so let's have a little look at those, shall we? Awesome. Sounds good. I'll just fly through them uh, and then we'll uh, come back and have a little chat. So Pool A is New Zealand, France, Italy, and then America's one and Africa one. Pool B is South Africa, Ireland, and Scotland, and then Asia slash Pacific one and Europe two. Pool C is Wales, Australia, and Fiji, and then Europe one and the final qualifier winner. And Pool D is England, Japan, Argentina, and then Oceania one and America's two. So some teams still to to fill some gaps, but all the big all the big guns are in there. Any standouts for you, mate? What what do you like the look of? They're all reasonably, you know, good pools. I think it's good news for France that they've got New Zealand in the pool, so Definitely. they can at least avoid them until the final. That is going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, France, New Zealand in the group the stages game. in France. I think it, it will be the opening. Oh no, it, it France will be the opening game, won't they? Let's hope it's New Zealand. That'd be a, that'd be amazing. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that that's the pick. That's got to be the pick of the group games, hasn't I'll, it? I'd give Italy absolutely no hope of escaping that pool. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Give it to Paledri and see what happens. It'll be fine. She might be back from that knee injury by then. I think Pool B, I mean, obviously this is, the, the caveat is this is a few years away, so a lot's going to change between now and then. But Pool B, South Africa, stroll through that to, to, to me against Ireland and Scotland, I think. I think it's a bit of a lottery pool in my, in my opinion. I reckon. I feel like... I think so, because I think in France, you might presume that Ireland and Scotland would feel more at home. But then, as I said that, you know, I'm instantly remembering that South Africa won the last World Cup in France. So that sounds a bit dumb. <laughs> so at least you remember. South Africa all of a sudden. I've changed my mind. It's all right. I'll let it out for you. Don't worry. <laughs> but you I, you just never know with with Scotland, no. to be honest. No, that's true. They they could beat South Africa and then and then lose to Europe too. Europe too. Yeah, yeah. That could definitely happen. And then Pool C. It just seems like these guys always get drawn against each other. I think I saw something kind of the other boring, day that isn't it? Isn't it the last three World Cups that Wales, Australia, and Fiji have all been in the same group? Yeah. It's Which weird. is Getting a bit weird. It's very weird. It's England on in this group this time. It's very weird, but I, I'm excited about I'm. I'm going to call it now, right? Fiji are going to win that group. Under Vern Carter, mate. Hold, hold me to no it. Doubts that that's possible. I think Fiji win that group, personally. If they can get their pack steamrolling and keep their yeah. backs, you know, just doing what they do. Yeah. They're, 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 there's no reason why they can't win that. I think so. Because Australia are still a team. I don't know. I just I have zero faith in them. Yeah. And Wales you know it's a car crash at the minute to be honest yeah yeah is their next generation of players look like they're going to be world beaters not particularly to be honest i don't think so no i don't think so so yeah i think 
Fiji have the that's have exciting the most for me. potential out of that, those three teams. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really exciting. And then Pool D um, for the England fans out there, we got Japan and Argentina. I think potential banana skins, but really should be winning both of those games. I think the exciting thing about this is, I think, you know, f- about five, six years ago, would have looked at that pool and thought, that yeah. is really easy. Yeah. But that's sort of been transformed. You know, yeah. Argentina reached a semi-final in 2015. They beat New Zealand. Yeah. Japan. We all know what they they did in 2015 against the box. Yeah, yeah. Followed that up with a wonderful, some wonderful performances at their home World Cup. Yeah. I think we do talk about teams struggling to develop, you know, like Georgia's had their struggles. But there are like new countries that are doing well. Yeah. When you look at the World Cup draw and you think that that that's that's quite tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well you think if we went back to two thousand and three and you got drawn with Japan, Argentina, you would have been just yeah dancing yeah. dancing in the streets. Yeah, definitely. Just a different story now, which definitely. is a good thing, really. The fact all these pools aren't there was like a problem with World Cups, was it rugby World Cups, where it was just the same teams qualified every time from the pools. Well, I was, ju- I I was just about to say that's that. Gonna start, yeah. That's changing. It's a, like, I think it's so, again, in three years' time, we might say something different, but I think it's so exciting for the sport that you look at all of these groups and, I mean, I think pro- probably the, the, the clearest winner of a group probably still is England, despite what we've just said about Japan and Argentina. But in the other groups, like... I mean, Pool A, New Zealand or France, that could go either way. Pool B, I think any of the three the three tier ones could win. And same with Pool C. Wales, Australia or Fiji could win that group, which is really, really exciting, I think. I'm excited already. I, I do get a bit confused why they do the draw so early. But <laughs> I know. I think it's to do with selling, selling the travel packages and stuff. Probably. A lot of them are now already for sale. So yeah. I can only assume it's to do with that, to be honest. It's to let Eddie work out when he's going to play New Zealand so he can just steamroll them again. That's what it is. Yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just fly squat them. <laughs> Africa 1 will knock. Oh, does that mean Namibia are going to have to play against New Zealand again? Yeah, mate. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> 100-0 job, isn't it? Poor lads. Oh. They'll go out for some nice French food afterwards, though. They'll be all right. Get Jacques Berger in the team. Yeah. 40-year-old Jackless, not 45, whatever age he is. However old he is. <laughs> Roll him out. He'll just car crash into them. But yeah, it's exciting. I'm, it's weird to be excited about the World Cup already. Let's, uh, we don't have to agree, so let's let's do our predictions for who's going to win each group. So Pool A, New Zealand, France, Italy, America's one, Africa two. Who do you think is going to win the group? France. Agreed. Home, home World Cup. Bold. Their squad's a joke. I think France too. I agree with that. Pool B, South Africa, Ireland, Scotland, Asia Pacific 1 or Europe 2. Who do you reckon? South Africa. Agreed. I backtracked. I wanted to say Scotland, but I just don't believe in them enough. Not yet. Not yet. They, they are still building, so we'll, we'll see. We still believe. Pool C, Wales, Australia, Fiji, Europe 1, final qualifier winner. Who do you think is going to win? I'm going with Fiji. I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm going Fiji yes. as well. Come on, I the Fiji I just feel boys. like this is the time. Under Vern Cotter, who I think turned around a dreadful Scotland team. Yeah. This Fiji team isn't dreadful. No. They just need that. He's going to be on the coins. He's going to be... Ben Ryan had the coins. They're going to build a palace for, <laughs> for Vern Cotter once he brings home the World Cup. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that... The king of Fiji. 
they've also got, I mean, obviously with the introduction of the Moana Pacifica team as well, which is getting all of those sort of New Zealand-based players. I mean, it's Fiji, Samoa, and Tonga, but it, it just gets them some more time together. Obviously, there's a lot of them playing playing abroad in France and in, in the UK. But for all those sort of squad players, they'll just get some more time together and play some proper some proper good rugby, which is a which is a very good thing. For sure. What's your thoughts? I've always wondered how good, exciting it might be to have a, a Barbarians at a World Cup. The players who haven't been picked, yeah, their countries. I think it'd be. I think it'd be Someone really like, maybe like Charles Pietau. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool and like really fun to watch. I guess the worry is just that like. What what if on the apps like what if on the off good. chance they they win? I mean they they wouldn't, but what if they did? Like you can't you can't and have a barbarian. <laughs> yeah, rugby I guess so. Wins. I guess so. To be fair, if we're talking about growing the game and stuff, that kind of thing that kind of thing might work. Oh, just like I I thought like last year, if you know if you had like a Cipriani or Pietel playing in a team, yeah, would it not like we were saying before benefit the competition to have as many competitive teams there as possible i guess the problem is how do you take the place away from yeah do, some of the developing countries exactly do you, i just think it'd be exciting yeah do do <laughs> namibia miss out because because cipriani wants a game that will <laughs> <a> world cup <laughs> he, he deserves one yeah i think i think that ship has probably sailed unfortunately he can't get a game for gloucester so might just no i, I think that i think i think it's time there might be coming towards an end yeah um, I think we, we got we got sidetracked as we normally do, but Pool, pool D: England, Japan, Argentina, Oceania one, America's two. It's probably England, isn't it? It's a banana skin pool. It but, is, but sure. but are you picking England or are you going you going rogue? I'm going for England okay. because I'm an Englishman. Yeah, but you could we it would be very England to to not get through that pool. It, it really. <laughs> It really would, and that worries me. But I'm sure, I'm sure it'd be fine. I'm sure it'd be fine. To be fair, I, I love. Wonder if I Japan love watching can Japan kick play. on again. Yeah, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it's a good question, isn't it? I, I mean, I, they were just so good to watch at the at their their home World Cup. Um, so yeah, I hope they I don't go stale a bit, but we'll see. I think they'll just they're going to lose some of their more experienced players, and it's about having some new stars come through. I yeah. guess because Michael Leach is a uh, you know, a fantastic captain and a wonderful player. Yeah. Probably someone we could have even talked about in the team of the decade. Yeah, that would have been he a, wouldn't a good have got him, but he could, you know, his name would have been worth a shout. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, so yeah, he's 32 now. Is he going to, he'll make it, won't he? He'll be there. Well, if he did, that would suggest that they haven't developed, to be honest. Maybe, maybe but <laughs> I mean, just I don't know. Stalling. Yeah. Thirty-five sort of play plays fifty minutes as captain, and then bring on some young gun to to replace him. He could do a job, I reckon. Yeah, but he's a big name, and World Cups need big names as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly right. So there we go. We have done our team of the decade. We looked at the World Cup group, so we should probably have a little bit of a chat about all the rugby that happened this weekend. I guess. Did you watch much of it? What did you? Yeah, what did you watch? Quite a bit, actually. I- I didn't sort of plan on watching too much and then ended up watching quite a lot. Mm. I was flicking between a wonderful match between Ulster and Toulouse on Friday yeah, a and game. a not-so-wonderful match between Newcastle Falcons and Cardiff Blues. 
the mate, the run is over. The run and is that, over. That, obviously, that's where my Chelsea and Colbert love came from. Yeah. Yeah, Toulouse, Toulouse looked a little bit good. I mean, yeah, like you said, it was a really, it was actually a really, really, really good competition. But then Colby's just the difference, isn't he? Colby's just too good. Way too good. And well, DuPont as well. Yeah. Christ. What a wonderful individual try from him. He's just such a, Makes such you a good player to watch. how good this France team are going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm frightened by that France team. I think if you've got some of the young France players who are coming through, mm. added to the players who are already in the team, mm. you've got a team that can win that whole World Cup, can't you? Uh, mate, when you look at the, the half-back options. The 100%. Pack, the packs where it's developing all the time. Yeah. Yeah, one, like 100% they can, they can win. It's not like... It's not like a rogue suggestion to say that they'll win. Like, they could definitely, definitely win it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And actually, on the same night, sure. I don't know whether you saw, but Jalibert came on for Bordeaux after about 55 minutes, and he, he just carved up as well. So, like, Untermax obviously a worldie, but they've got Jalibert, who's a worldie. Ramos played at 10 with Untermax outside him. He's he's bloody good. Dupont's class. They've got nines coming out their ears. Like, yeah, they... They're very, very good. Do you think the, they're more exciting and the better rugby the French play, the more pressure they'll be on Eddie Jones to change his way of playing? Because uh, even though we won the Autumn Nations Cup and won the Six Nations, people aren't exactly thrilled or settled with him, are they? Do you know what I mean? It's, a, it's, it's quite a strange one, really. I think it will depend. I think like I think France, England in next year's Six Nations will, will play a big part in that. I think if... I think if we lose to France with France playing that rugby, then yes. But I think if we beat them, then I think he'll just be like, see, that's how you win a rugby game. Yeah, for sure. You're right. I just thought it was an interesting yeah. thought, really, with the way, because it seems like every French 10 just seems to be able to just smash it at the minute. Yeah, yeah. But the, but it's frustrating, because I think our 10s are capable of it. They just don't seem sure, to have Marcus, as much license. Yeah. Playing some terrific rugby this season, yeah. you know. Yeah, he is. Simmons isn't quite as you know, like on that same sort of way, but he's a wonderful player. Yeah, I, I, I'm not too. I think it's. I think he just gets thrown in with his brother, doesn't he? But I'm not too. I'm not too fussed about Joe Simmons not getting much of a look in. To be honest, he's class. Like he's absolutely class and does what he does for Exeter really well. But I wouldn't pick him over Ford, Farrell, or, and then the yeah the next one I'd like to see would be would be Smith really. So yeah, I think uh, Ford's got probably the, the most naturally talented fly half we've got to be honest in yeah. terms of his game management and stuff. And I think he's only playing that style because he's told to play that style. So people can want a more creative ten, but if they got a more creative ten, they'd just be told do this exactly. Exactly. So, he, it's just like he's doing he's doing what he's told. It doesn't really work. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a bit like we've spoke about before about Eddie Jones sort of being a bit like a chess master, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. He just ne- needs his pieces. Talking of the Simmons brothers, Exeter were a bit good again. I mean, they they almost we I think we need a weekly segment of the pod art of Christ Exeter are good, aren't they? We should have a little theme tune. And just say that, say that once a week, and then move on. Forty-two Not nil. Much else to say, Forty-two nil against against Glasgow. You shouldn't. Glasgow. You shouldn't do that. It's just ridiculous. It wasn't as if it was that bad of a Glasgow team. Either, no. When you look at the no. team, you know, 
Ali Price and uh, quite a few other, you know, Scotland stars. Mate, I think about I think after about twenty eight minutes, Tommy Seymour caught a high ball, and that was the first time I realised he was on the pitch. I think it was his first touch. Yeah. I mean, like, I just yeah, a bit good. We're just we're running out we're running out of words for it really, but they are they are just a bit good. And again, just like it just seems that whoever whoever is whoever is in any position just like does such a good job. Like you've got Je- you've got Luke <laughs> you've got Luke Khan Dickey on the bench, who's probably the best like the best form hooker in the country at the moment. Probably like obviously Jamie George is a bit good too. But Jack Yendall is just the absolute man when he's playing for the Chiefs, and then Cowan Dickey comes on and he's just unbelievable as well. They're just so good. Crazy. And new bad for worse for Glasgow. Here's things heading off to, to Gloucester. Yes. Big news. Big news. That is I think gra- I, think, I think, think every fly half under the sun's been linked with Gloucester this weekend. Well, yeah, that, that is true. Was, I've seen three or four. That is confirmed, isn't it, that Hastings is going? It, it's not been confirmed, Ooh, but it's okay. been widely reported. Heavily reported. But there's okay. also been Jacko van der Waltz being linked and Jared Evans from Cardiff Blues. Okay. Which I didn't think made much sense. No. Van der Waltz, I quite like. I liked him last week, playing for or a couple of weeks ago, playing for Scotland. Yeah, I like him. But yeah, I think I think, I think all the is the best choice. Yeah, all, and all the murmurs suggest that that is, that is going to happen. What do you think that means for? Uh, is it the right choice for? Is it the right choice for Hastings or do you think going to Gloucester? I don't know. Um, it's tricky, well, isn't it? We were saying he's last week about we were saying last week about Bath being sort of the perennial underachievers. So he's went from one underachiever to Glasgow, then he's joined the other ones. Yeah, I, th- I think. Uh, I think what it does mean is that he gets more, he gets better rugby week on week, which is good. That's a good point. It means he gets probably more of an opportunity to sort of like sell himself to to the selectors and try and try and impress them over over Finn Russell um because like you can say you can say whatever you want about the pro 14 but it's just not as good week to week as as the premiership is it just isn't so i think, Do you it, think i think he it, must be going there knowing his first choice because i think so can't be going there to and i don't think he'd be going there to play out of position nah because i know he can play a few positions no, I, I think I think he'll be if he's going, he'll be going as the first choice ten, which then begs the question: what's happening to to Golden Wrist Cipriani? Just seems like it's just not worked under in the last few weeks. It's just you know, you, see, you know, he's had some you know personal problems, and that that comes first ultimately over your rugby career. Yeah. But I just. I think it's just one of them where people just want to know what's going on. Well, yeah, I was just going to ask you. You're the man with your ear to the ground. Have you heard any any rumblings of where of where he might be going, if anywhere? Or I've I've heard that he's, he I heard during lockdown that he had some um, some offers from Japan, but he wasn't that interested in going. Yeah, okay. And then obviously there's always links to France, but there's, there's nothing recently, to be honest. Until there's just been a few, you know. He's missed a few things with um, a couple of their sponsors. He's just not turned up to stuff. Right. Yeah, okay. I know that for a fact. And then he's been out at the team. I know they've said it was down to injury, but it would just be speculating, to be honest. So okay. I think we'll just wait and see. Yeah, okay. More, more I, I just hope that he, you know, I hope that he's all good. I hope he go finds somewhere and plays some more zippy path. 
boxers. Yeah, that's the thing. We just like just want to see him playing playing his best rugby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a worldie. Did you see? Uh, I mean, I called it. I called it last week. I said that my pick for the weekend was Bristol Claremont. Did you see that? Did you watch that one on Saturday afternoon? I saw some of it. I saw Max Merlin's ripping it up. He's very good and very quick, mate. Um, he can't kick it as far as Elliot Daly, but I'd have him at fifteen for England. I'd have him at fifteen for England as well. Yeah, I think that's what he needs to just say. Though I'm a fullback now, yeah, but then agreed. again, he plays for Bristol, and if they get Charles Peertow back, yeah, put him on the whip, put Charles on the wing. Yeah, doesn't make him any less effective. But yeah, Peertow could play on the wing, or even I think, like, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get stuck in one of those players who just gets moved around too many positions and you never get it's not I don't think that's a good place to be in rugby. I think it, no. it, it goes against you. He went he actually he moved to ten he moved to ten when Sheedy went off and looked <laughs> looked class at ten, but but yeah, I think you're right. I think he needs to to play as much rugby as possible at fifteen. Really become an England regular I Definitely. fifteen. Definitely. I think ten's a bit tougher. Yeah. But. Yeah. But mate, Claremont looked a little bit good. Jesus Christ. They were just scoring for fun. There was too many tries for me. I, I prefer games where to, <laughs> you, you know, you at least got to put in a bit of effort. They were just flying past. You are such a, you are such a Newcastle fan. You don't even like tries. <laughs> I don't want tries. That's not what we're in this business for. You don't want to see Matsushima score a hat trick, do you? After 20 yeah. phases. Yeah, of course. No, I want to see George McGuigan drive over. From a line out, that's I, the problem with I'm happy with seeing though. 12 we do tries. We kind of try and play like we're ex- we do kind of try and play like we're Exeter, set up for the line out mall, and then the mall just goes backwards. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a tough one for them on Friday, wasn't it? Bless them. Well, was it? We were coming up against a much more experienced, yeah, Cardiff Blues team. They had a lot of caps in their team, and they just they were just. To be honest, mate, the problem was we if you they score three tries and it's all from individual I'd call them individual errors. So for a B team, it wasn't a, a bad effort from yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. And I I thought there were some good young players on show. And also you've just got to save yourself because you're gonna win the Prem. So you've got to save yourself for that, you know. Yeah. We've got I've booked my I've booked my tickets to Twickenham. <laughs> Not to jinx it or anything, but just in case. In the words of Gaza, I'm where I'm where to get my suit measured. <laughs> and then, uh, mate, sun- Sunday was good as well. More good rugby on Sunday. Rassing against Connacht was actually a good game. I thought Rassing were going to just pump them, but proper good game. Rassing won 26-22. Did you see, I'm not going to say his name right, but did you see Taufafina's finish? Yeah, wow. Oh my God. <laughs> Rassing are just different gravy. Yeah. Some of the players they've got. It's just terrifying, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Vakatawa is just, he looks like he's playing against children. He just shrugs people off for fun. It shows you, though, uh, I think in rugby, like we were saying before, you know, someone needs to find a position and stick to it. But I thought on the wing, he just didn't get enough ball and Mm -hmm. it was frustrating. But since he's been moved to the centre, wow. Wow! Yeah, just transformed him as a player. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, Finn Russell needs a, a Vakatawa playing for Scotland. They need to go and find one. You know how yeah. they, they they keep getting all these South Africans. They need to go and try and find one that look like 
on an island or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not sure, I don't know, not sure Hugh Jones would quite quite keep up with Vakatawa, to be honest, but any, uh, I don't know, any sort of, we've been a bit all over the place, but that's all right. Any any other sort of final thoughts from the from the weekend? Anyone impress you? Anyone disappoint you? What did you, what did you think? Well, Leicester looked quite good on Friday, which I don't usually say. They did? You know, they had all uh, England stars back towards the end, and, you know, they played some, they looked really good towards the end of the game with Ford, Genge, and Co. back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Young's, and I just, Young's back I just too. Think, I just hope Leicester start playing playing well. I think it it was funny, and now them being rubbish, but now it's just a bit sad. <laughs> I hope I hope we start to see a turning point for them now. I like Steve Borthwick. I like what he's trying to do. I like quite a lot of their squad, and I just I just hope they can do something now. But it, you just it's well, actually we've got them on Boxing Day, so if they could delay doing something for a while, <laughs> save it for twenty twenty one. Nice. Yeah, yeah. New Year's resolutions. They need to have one. Mate, I, I like... Win some games. In I the like Nardolo and Murray on the wings. That's what I like. I'm not looking forward to watching Nadalo against Adam Radwan. Against your boy Radwan. Like Radwan. <laughs> I feel like my Lions bet may be destroyed. Maybe. I still believe. Maybe, but you never, you never know, do you? You never know. This is, this is rugby after all. Yeah, exactly. All you need is one big performance, and is to to get yourself in the in the yeah. conversation. So yeah. if, he, if he rips apart him, there you go. Yeah, definitely. I win my money. He gets in the line squad. Both happy. Exactly, exactly. And then, yeah, I was a bit. Um, the last game of the weekend, Munster Quins. Quins like Quins were so in the game. They lost twenty one seven. But they were so in the game. They had a disallowed, they had an amazing disallowed try, like from a worldy cross kick from Danny Kerr for a forward pass, which was a forward pass, so it's fine. And they were just so in the game. But then all three of their back row got a yellow card throughout the game, which was not ideal. But I, I genuinely thought for quite a long time, I was like, they could, they could beat Munster here at, at Toman Park, but they didn't, unfortunately. I think the thing we've got with Quinns at the moment is. Even when they're losing, they're looking like they're in games, and I think they're a team who's developing, developing really well. Yeah, I think they've got a really exciting nucleus of players. Yeah, and if they get it right, they're going to be a very, very good team. And yeah, I don't think they're far away. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, just a few things went wrong. Even when they got thumped by Exeter, they they, they probably give Exeter the best game of anyone so far, and they they were. Hammered. Definitely. And they were and they were in the game for like a good 55, 60 minutes and then and then they just yeah dominated. But I think that's what they need a bit more of just a bit squad a bit better squad depth. Yeah. I just think they're lacking that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then looking ahead to next weekend, we've got more European rugby, which is always exciting. I'm my pick of the game, I think it's an easy one. Sunday, three fifteen, Toulouse versus Chiefs in Toulouse. Wow. That is an absolute humdinger of a game, isn't it? It's just, what a game that is. You know, you look at, oh, I find going to have a tough game this season. You they know, might. The scoreline. They actually might. Where is it? Is it in Toulouse or is it in Toulouse? Park? Yeah, in Toulouse. Well, now that, now that is a game. I know. I know. I'm very excited for that one. 
Well, what would be your prediction for that then? Oh, it's tricky, isn't it? I think if I we're going to be talk whatever we say, we're going to be here next week saying Exeter are a bit good, aren't they? Well, I mean that is going to be our segment. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Chiefs. I think I, I just haven't seen anything to suggest that that Chiefs can ever lose a game of rugby again. So so I'll go with Chiefs. I think. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'll I'll go with Chiefs as well. Yeah, I think. I think they'll, they're just good at sort of tying up your best players and exactly. not letting them play their natural game. And I think they'll just they'll bully Toulouse. But the thing is, you know, we say this, Toulouse could easily score two early tries out of nowhere and it'd be a completely different story. But that's what we love about rugby. That's I think that's the thing that Toulouse probably do have that none of the other teams have had that Chiefs have played so far this year. They have got proper proper star quality that can just create stuff out of absolutely nowhere so that that if those players click a few times then then yeah they could be in trouble but but yeah i'm going for chiefs i just thought i'd suggest a different game harlequins versus racing harlequins racing that's a good game too actually that'll be that's both teams are going to play some proper rugby there oh it's it's at harlequins god fingers crossed for some good weather Mate, why can't that be under the roof in Racing? That'd be so fun. But yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see Marcus Smith against Finn Russell. Yes. That'd be a good, good little battle. That will be sort good. Sort of battles they need to win if he wants to try and convince Jones to give him a go. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. If he can if he can do the business against against a team like Racing, then then yeah, for sure. I'm not sure uh not sure I quite back Lang against Vakatawa, but maybe it would be alright. You never know. No, they'll just put Mike Brown on him. Brown will deal with him. Mate, put put Don Brown outside centre, I reckon. Yeah, I'll do a job. So there we go, another another long one. Um, but we hope you've uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you've stayed tuned. But yeah, that does it for episode four of Not Another Rugby Podcast, which is brought to you by Ruck.co.uk and Altius Images. You can find us on Twitter at Ruck Rugby and Instagram at Ruck.co.uk. You can visit our website, ruck.co.uk, and you can find us on Facebook uh, under the same name. Get in touch with us if you agree or disagree with our team of the decade. We'd love to know what you think. Any diehard Kieran Reid fans out there, if you get in touch and tell us you're disappointed, we will understand. That's probably fair enough. But mate, I'm just going to throw someone else in there that we missed. Donkey Weir. How do we not put Donkey Weir in? No. He can get in our biceps team. (laughs) He he can have an honourable mention in the biceps team. It's fine. Yeah. Maybe maybe we could do a best lids 15 as well. Oh, that would be a good team. That would be a good one. Brian O'Driscoll actually had some awful lids. He did. He did. That's true. That's true. Leached hair 15. <laughs> so many 15s. So many 15s. Someone make a note of them all, please. But anyway, we've got another weekend of European rugby coming up next week. And the Women's Allianz Premier 15s is in action again. So have a great week. Enjoy next weekend of plenty more rugby. Thank you for listening this week. Please subscribe to, rate and share the podcast and we will see you next time.